Is my mic on now? Hey, 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 hey. What's happening? East County, North County, uh, everybody watching online, all the people in the military. Let's give all the people a big hand out there. What's happening? What's happening? Amen. We just had an awesome worship time here, so that's why we're all jacked up here in Point Loma. We want to say hello to everybody uh, on our micro sites, on our campuses, and everybody watching online. Uh, God bless you. And we're very excited about church today. Amen. Uh, if you're here in San Diego, uh, we are opening a campus in San Ysidro, at San Ysidro High School. And this Saturday, amen, this Saturday we're going to be there at 2 o'clock. I'm going to be down there at 2 o'clock. We're going to be having our pre-launch uh, event. And so we want to invite you to come down this Saturday at 2 o'clock, San Ysidro High School. All the information is in your bulletin online. And I uh, want to encourage you to volunteer. We need volunteers. We're starting a whole new church. And obviously support it financially. It takes finances. We just hired a bunch of people. So we're gonna, it's going to be great. Amen? Amen. Uh, it'll be, for, if you're new, it'll be our third campus in addition to the one here in Point Loma. We have one in North County, one in East County. That's by the, the San Ysidro is literally a mile or two from the border. And then we're going to fill everything in between. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Y'all excited? How many visitors we have? Any visitors? God bless y'all. God bless you. Give all the visitors a hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Let's get on our knees. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would like you to uh, look to the person next to you. Try not to make it too weird because they're really close. And just look them in the eye and then say, Jesus. Okay. If your breath is thinking, kind of just. Now some of y'all get, y'all just been to Starbucks or whatever. So t turn the other way if there is someone on your other side and say the same thing. Say, Jesus. Okay, okay. Try, try that one more time. Say, Jesus. I was at church 25 years ago and uh, it was a different church. It was a horizon and they said, turn around and say hi to somebody. And this guy and girl, they turned to each other and he said, my name is Ann and my name is Dan. And they got married. <laughs> so turn to someone next to you and tell them your name. <laughs> my name is Ann, my name is Dan. <laughs> I'm looking to see if anybody goes, call me. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, your love for us. We want to give you all our worship, all of our praise. And Lord, I want to say a special prayer for Britain who has stage four breast cancer, one of our pastor's wives. We pray you heal her, encourage her. Even though it is metastatic and it's uh, metastasized, we know you can reverse it. We also pray for Tom Dahl who is head of our hospitality ministry and all the uh, ushers and greeters. We pray you heal his cancer. And also pray you heal my mom's cancer as well. And just comfort her. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. And also we pray that God would heal your family members and friends' cancer as well. That he would comfort you as well. Amen. Amen. And, and by the way, if any of you ever experience a healing... Um, we want to know, I want you to tell us, a couple weeks ago I, we prayed for a bunch of people to be healed and I get a lot of tweets on, on Twitter 
and one woman prayed, because I, I prayed that God would heal a mute, and she, pray, she wrote me on Twitter, wrote Twitter, and I saw it, that her son has nonverbal, I think it's ADS or ASD, Asperger's disease. He never spoke. And, she, and I said, when I pray this, I want you to have in mind someone in your family. And she asked that her son would speak, and he spoke that day for the first time ever. Um, and, I, and I wrote, really? And she wrote back, yeah, he, you know, she's, it's all on Twitter. She told me uh, he, she gave him his bubbles, and he said, bubbles. And it was, she just couldn't believe, you know. So we want, we want to know if stuff happens. And you need to tell people that God did this in your life. Amen. The ultimate healing event is salvation. <laughs> That's the ultimate healing event when God heals your soul. And so, uh, but there's also other ones that are very important to us. And we've seen hundreds of people get healed in the last three or four months. Uh, and it's, it's unbelievable. Um, so, and for all of you who say, oh, they're fake healings. Yes, people fake it. People fake salvation too. <laughs> they come down here and cry and everything. They go out there and get buck wild. So, uh, you know, you take the good and the bad with all of it. So, <laughs> let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Okay, one more time. When we lift the Bible, then we say word. <laughs> so let's do it one more time. Say word. Very good. Turn to the book of Job. J-O-B. Job. J-O-B. It looks like job. Chapter 1. It's right before Psalms. Oh, it's the Old Testament. How many of you have trouble finding stuff in the Bible? Okay, we'll practice. <laughs> it's real simple, just practice. <laughs> I have in my hand two tea bags. And the, uh, the labels don't tell me what kind of tea it is. They, it's just two tea bags. And the only way I will know what kind of tea is in the tea bags is to put it in hot water. When you give your life to Christ, you become a citizen of heaven. Your main citizenship is not the U.S. or Mexico or wherever you are a citizen. Your citizenship is in heaven. And you need to realize that that needs to be your number one allegiance to God. And when you become a citizen of heaven, you have to live by heaven's rules. And just like in the United States, we have laws that you have to live by. When you become a citizen of heaven, you have laws you have to live by. And if you ever have a conflict between the laws of man and the laws of God, God's laws always trump man's laws. Even if it means jail or uh, being criticized or being called a name, you still got to obey God's laws. At least that is the expectation. Okay, people who are, you know, what some will call hypocrites try to play both sides. But if you say, I'm a citizen of heaven, I got to run my life according to the rules of heaven. The rules apply to every area of our life. You've got to conduct your relationships according to what God says. You've got to manage your finances and your resources and your opportunities according to what God says. You have to deal with your friends and enemies, the people who are your enemy, the way God says. And one of the most important rules in heaven and one of the most telltale uh, evidences that you are a citizen of heaven is how you deal with pain. In other words, how do you respond when you get put in hot water? <laughs> 
Because it's easy to come to church, word, kneel down, say Jesus. All that stuff is, is, is good and fine, but it really doesn't, doesn't uh, say a whole lot about what's going to happen to you when you get in hot water. Because that's really going to show what kind of believer you really are. Because anybody can fake it when things are good. It's like when you meet somebody and you're going to date somebody and everything's fine in the beginning because, you know, you got this eros love, which is, it's like a, it's like a literally uh, uh, dopamine in your brain is being released. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is a, a neurotransmitter of pleasure. It's actually the neurotransmitter that's released when you do cocaine and when you're happy. And when you fall in love, at first, dopamine is just flooding your brain and you are just high on the person. Literally. That is a fact. You are literally high. That's why you're like, you see somebody, you go, what happened? Ah, they're, they're, they're high. And all you have to do is say, what is his name? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, whatever. And, and you know, that, that, it's fine when everything's going good, but what happens when things go bad? That's when your love is really proof. And so today we're going to talk about what happens when things go bad. When, when things go bad in our life, we always want to say why. God, why me? Why now? Why not her? Why not him? <laughs> what did I do? Instead of saying, why don't I just worship? Because if you, all you do is worship God and, all, and if you're only happy with God when things are going good, what does that say about your faith? Or if, or if the people you look up to or you love, you only look up to and love when they do exactly what you want, what does that say about your commitment to them? And it's very shallow. And that is all a reflection on you, not them or God. It's all about a reflection on you. And so in this story we're going to look at, it's a guy named Job. And the Bible says Job was a good man. As a matter of fact, when I, 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 uh, when I got saved in 1984, that same year I taught my first Bible study. It was in training camp at the San Diego Chargers, and I taught this Bible study 34, 30 years ago. Why? Because guys were, get, was, yes, guys were getting ready to get cut, fired, so they were scared. So I wanted to teach this Bible study about this, bad, this guy who had all this bad stuff happen to him. I don't know why I ended up landing on it. But the Bible says that Job was a good man. So when I say good man, I do this, good man. Okay, let's all practice when we do this together. If you're a visitor, we are, we're very uh, interactive. Can I get an amen? amen? So you all see we worship, we lift our hands, you know, we're interactive. So let's practice. This is called a shrug. This is actually when you go to the gym, if you want little baby pops right here, you can just. <laughs> you, ever, you ever see guys with little baby pops? Called, called traps. Bam, right there. Not traps. Yeah, traps right here. Just a little, it's like your shoulder and then a little boop. Okay. That comes from this. Everybody, everyone just do a shrug. There you go. Don't do that. Just up. Just up. You can roll it if you want. You can go straight up and down. Just put some weights in your hand. Before you know it, bam, people will think, oh, he's yoked. Okay. So when I, when I say uh, Job was a good man, okay, on three, one, two, three, Job was a good man. Very good. That section, it seems like this section gets it real quick, then y'all a little behind, then y'all a little behind. It's maybe a delay in the video. I don't know, but... Just let's all try to do it together. On three, one, two, three. Job was a good man. Very good. Now look around the room and see how funny it looks. <laughs> look around the room. On three, one, two, three. Job was a good man. Very good, very good. <laughs> so in this story, Job is wealthy. The Bible says he's righteous. 
He has 10 kids, seven sons, three daughters. He has camels, donkeys, ox, sheep by the thousands, servants. He lives on a big property like a Ponderosa, like Bonanza. Y'all know Bonanza? How many of you do not know Bonanza? Y'all need to get a life. You have to know Bonanza. You cannot die before you know Bonanza. Isn't that true? Can all people who know Bonanza tell me you can't die before you know Can I get an amen to all the Bonanza people? So Bonanza was black and white, cowboys, horse, horse. And you came on that property, clack, clack, they bust one on you, okay. Bonanza, they had the land. It was best TV back in the 60s and 70s and, yeah, before y'all were born. But still, it's, it's still there. It's still there. It's archived. You see it. Google. Bonanza. So Job was like that. He had property. He had animals. His wealth was measured in his animals. And, and then he had servants. And, and the Bible is going to tell us that he's good, righteous, gave evil to Heisman. He shunned evil. Wow, can't get me. The devil's going to come and tell God, God, Job is using you. He's playing you for a fool. And the only reason he worships you is because you blessed him. Take his stuff and he will curse you to your face. Now, I'm going to bet there's people in here like that. That you only worship God and you only follow God when things go your way. But when things don't go your way, eh. Or you come to church and you do spiritual things so you can get something. Instead of just saying, God, you're worth it. That's it, you're worth it. Now, if you have someone in your life that when you do something nice for them, they go, what do you want? That's how they view you. You're only doing it because your rep is that you don't do it unless you want something. That is not sincere. So Satan is telling God, is going to tell God that Job is doing that. By the way, Satan speaks three times in the Bible. The first time he speaks, the second time he speaks, and the third time he speaks, he's trying to do one thing, which is destroy relationship between man and God. The first time he speaks is Genesis. He tries to tell Adam and Eve that God lied to them about the tree. Adam and Eve believed the devil and their relationship was broken between man and God. The second time he speaks is in here, he tries to turn God against Job by telling God Job is playing him. And the third time he speaks is to the man God, Jesus, and he tells Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms in their glory. The only thing he's trying to do is destroy your relationship with God. Say relationship. Because he knows if he could get you to turn your back on God, then he's, you're all his. So whether it's, you know, pain or drama he brings in your life, and he's not trying to bring the drama, he's trying to break your relationship. He wants you to blame God for the drama. Remember that. So whenever you go through something and you get this thought, well, anything negative against God, that's the devil trying to break your relationship with God. God is all you got. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to the devil? You're going to go to Puku or Ray Ray? They ain't going to help you. Take your, take your lesson plan out. Take your lesson plan out. We're going to read three things. Just get our mind right. It says, it's just something for you to think about. And you can write your notes on here if you want. This is for you, to, you can take this home. You don't need to leave this here. We don't want it. <laughs> Number one, it says, what blessings do you expect to have from your relationship with God? What blessings do you expect to have from your relationship with God? In other words, what do you feel entitled to? You know how in our culture, how many of you heard in our culture, 
uh, on the radio, constantly uh, on TV. We have our rights. We have a right to. Anybody ever heard that before? It's constant. You owe me this. I want it my way. I called up and no one called me back right away. And I, and I got this and it, and it was broken. Like, okay, we'll fix it then. It's like Burger King. I'm going to have it my way. We live in a Burger King society. You do not want to play that card with God. Because if God says to you, oh, oh, uh, you want to play fair? Yeah, I want it fair. Well, then you're going to die. Because you're a sinner and the penalty of sin is death. So I need to kill you right now. And guess what? I will be right to kill you. So you want to play fair or you want grace? Well, I'll take grace, God. Okay, then shut up and sit down. <laughs> God's not telling you to shut up and sit down. This is us talking, okay? You know, but you get the point. You don't want to come with God. Whatever you have, you should thank God for it. Amen? You should thank God that you can hear me or we had last service sign language or you could see or you can walk or you could talk or you are just alive. Thank you. Okay. Number two, what attitude toward God resulted from your last trial? Last time something, uh, uh, well, some of you are in something right now. Raise your hand if you're going through something right now. Okay. What's your attitude towards God? Are you blaming God? Get mad at God? Why is it taking so long, God? Why is it dragging out? Why me? What did I do? Or are you praising God for what's going to come out of it? Because something good is going to come out of it if you trust God. Key if you trust God. It can get worse if you don't trust God. Well, all things work together for good for those who love God. Key those who love God, which means those who obey God. All things don't work together for good. All things do not work together for good. You can go to jail and spend a life in jail and die miserable. There's nothing good about that. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So that means when something bad happens to you or whatever, God, I am going to trust you. And if I trust you and obey you, everything will work out. But if I don't trust you and obey you, forget Buck Wild and go shooting at the pool of popo, things ain't going to work out. Okay. Number three, in what ways can you better praise God through your pain? You need to think about those three things. So let's read the story. Amen. And here's my intent for this is to encourage you today, especially y'all who are going through something. Is that you will leave here today going, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Verse number one. There was a man in the land of Uz, everyone say Uz, whose name was Job. And Job was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Everyone look up here for a minute. Everyone say on three, Job was a good man, do the shoulders. One, two, three. Job was a good man. Very good. He had seven sons, three daughters. His possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 <coughs> female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. You get the picture? He was wealthy and he was righteous. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy and there's nothing wrong with not being wealthy. It's just stuff you have that temporary in your life that doesn't make you or break you. Okay. Verse 4, and his sons would go feast in their houses, each one on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink. By the way, getting back to the wealth, if you have more wealth, doesn't mean God loves you better than someone who doesn't. And if you have less wealth, it doesn't mean God loves you less than someone who doesn't. And if you have wealth, you don't owe it to anybody else. And if you don't have it, no one owes you anything. It's between you and God. 
It may be that you don't have it because God can't trust you with it yet. Or it may be that he gave it to you and you just wasted it. And it may be some people have wealth because the devil's trying to entice them. There's so many reasons things happen in our life that we don't have the capacity to figure out. So stop trying. Just walk with God. Verse 5. So it was, verse 4, it, his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on their appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Joe would send and sanctify them. He would rise early in the morning, offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it might be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did on the regular. So Job's kids got along. He had ten kids, so him and his wife got along. Then the kids got along. They had parties. And when they, whenever they would have a party, Job would say, it could be that my kids curse God, so let me go kill an animal, sacrifice it to God, and say, God, uh, I sacrifice this to you and ask you to forgive my sins to my sons and daughters who may be sinned. I doubt that any of y'all do that. And please do not go out in the back of your house and kill a cat and burn it to God. They're going to arrest you. But Job's a good guy. Then it says in verse 6, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them. And there was a buzz in the room because people thought Satan was maybe going to repent. I'm just throwing that in there for flavor. The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan said to the Lord, from going to an afro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. <laughs> They'll get it later. Uh, I was walking on the earth. Ladies, did you see him last night? <laughs> he might have been at the club where you at. <laughs> I was walking back and forth on the earth, and guess what I was looking for? A sucker. I was looking for someone I can deceive. The Bible says that the devil's like a roaring lion looking around for whom he can devour. Looking for someone who's weak. I was in South Africa last October, and when I went to South Africa, the pastor that I went to visit, he said, I told him I wanted to see lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, they don't have bears, but they got lions. And, and we went to this guy's property. He had like, I don't know, 1,000 acres. It was just too big to count. And he asked me, do you want to go feed lions? And he had a pen, like two-acre pen, six full-grown lions. He said, you want to go in there? They won't hurt you. I said, yeah, I want to go in. So the pastor there said, Miles, I wouldn't do it. He said, I wouldn't do it. I said, you can't trust these animals. I know they've been in there, but they're still wild animals, and they, they could just snap. And, you know, they could have a flashback, and, you know. <laughs> they eat gazelles. Gazelles are brown. You're brown. You know, they could just have that. Just, just get mixed up, you know. Just, and before they realize you're not a gazelle, you're all jacked up. So I said, I, I trust. I didn't say I trust God. I said, you know, I feel like I want to do it. So we went in there and the guy gave me custard. We fed him custard out of a spoon. I said, now, now I'm nervous because don't they eat meat? I mean, they see all this meat. They got the custard. They might want to take a bite. So I said, okay, I'm going in there. And I went in there and I'm literally surrounded by, uh, there were five right around me and one right there. But he was right there. And the, uh, and I'm, and the guy said, pet him. I was, he said, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> I was like, good kitty, 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 kitty. 
good kitty kitty. So I get out, and that, that was last October. I got a text this past week from that same pastor. I'm actually going back again in October. And I got a text from that pastor last week, and he said, the custard-eating lions maul the guy in his shoulders and head. And my wife was like, I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> so same property, he says he has, this was like a four-acre pen. Then he had like a 30-acre, he had just all these different pens, some were like 30, 40 acres. And we went into this other one in a golf cart and there were just two full-grown lions just walking around. And we were in this golf cart with no doors and the lion was right there. Huge. Oh. Oh. I mean, they're just awesome. And the Bible says the devil walks around like that. Who, who am I going to get? And so he says, God, God, I've been walking around. Oh, by the way, how many of you do not believe I fed the lions? Raise your hand. How many think I just made that up? I'm just lying. Straight up lying on Sunday, right? Is that... It's messed up. It's messed up. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a picture. Just for y'all skeptics, I'm going to bring a picture. Okay, just come next week. Make sure you come next week. Don't let me show the picture and I'll be here. Okay, I'm going to bring a picture. Says, verse 8, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on the earth? blameless, upright, one who fears God and shuns evil. I don't know if God has ever said that about any of y'all or me, but he's saying about Job. So in the least, you are only as good as Job, but probably not as good as Job. And the reason this is important for you to know is because when you see what happens to, have, when it happens to Job, it has nothing to do with his righteousness. Why is that important? Because when stuff happens to you, a little voice comes to your head and says, it's because you did this or that. Or God doesn't love you. A lot of times what happens to you is way above your pay grade and ability to understand. God is doing something in your life way beyond what you can understand. And your only responsibility is just trust him. You don't, you don't have a right to know. If God wants you to know, he'll tell you. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lord, I'm walking. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what the next hour brings. So I'm just going to trust you. You know, I had a grandson that was born uh, two Thursdays ago. Um, and he was born. We're in a waiting room. We're in the hospital like 11 hours, waiting 12 hours. And we... He was born at 11.03. We were called into the room at 11, 12 o'clock. An hour later, we, they wanted to do a skin-to-skin. Skin. When a baby's born, it's good to lay the baby on the mother's skin and have the baby's skin on the, baby, on the mother. And it does a lot of things for the baby. One is regulate temperature and one is uh, regulate blood sugar levels and a bunch of stuff that God just incredibly created that evolution could have never figured out. So we figured they were doing that. And we got in the room. We came in, we were all excited to see our grandson, my wife, and, and my, um, uh, my daughter-in-law's mother. And they opened the door to the room. We're all excited. I'm crying. And my son's got this blank stare in his face. And I didn't really pay too much attention. I didn't think much of it. Then realized the baby had a problem when he was born. He ended up going to ICU like two minutes later. They were just waiting for us to get in. They were treating him for an hour. And you take things for granted. And we said, they said, look at him, take a picture, and we got to take him to ICU. He was there for the day. Um, you take things for granted. 
And right next to my grandson in the hospital was one of our staff members' baby right next to him in ICU. Still in ICU. And then another hospital was another one of our staff members' baby in ICU. Samuel Wheaton, they're still in the hospital. And then we had another a baby born yesterday or two days ago from our staff. Trevor Davis, who does worship for us, his baby passed away the same week he was born. You take things for granted. You think, well, you, and, I, and I can honestly say we pray for a, for a healthy birth, but really I didn't think much of it. Like it doesn't, it's always happened and it didn't happen. Luckily he made it through and he's fine. But it says here, he says, look, I've been walking around looking whom I may devour. The devil is not playing. And things are going to happen in your life. You think, I, what do I do? Just trust God. He's got you. Verse 9, Satan answered and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and all his household and all he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now if you stretch out your hand and touch what he has, he will curse you to your face. Hey, God, you think all those people at the rock really worship you? Come on. They sing that song. I will give you all my worship. There's a few out there. They're hypocrites, God. They'll turn on that church and that pastor in a minute. They'll turn on you in a minute. Soon stuff don't go their way. They'll be cursing his name, cursing your name, walking the streets. Won't be back for six months. It happens every single day. We get people calling here, cursing us out. You didn't do this. You didn't. Fickle, just like the devil said. Hypocrites. You don't want to be that person. Because the devil is accusing you before God day and night saying that's you. That's you. And he says this, this is, this is what the devil is saying to God about a man that God said was righteous. This is not someone who's flaky. This is a man, God, Satan said, I will turn your most faithful servant into a cursor. That's what I will do. That's what the devil said. That's how much confidence he has. I will turn your most faithful servant into someone who curses you. Don't, <laughs> if any man think he stands, take heed lest he fall. If you don't think that's you, shut your mouth. Hmm. Whenever I travel, I never go travel by myself. I always take someone with me. Why? Someone said, Miles, nope, I had someone with me. I ain't going to have someone, one, frame me or me think nothing can happen. No, I got someone with me. Do I have issues? No, I don't think so. But I ain't going to give devil, I don't trust the devil. I get an elevator woman. I'm like, hey, I ain't getting out of the elevator with that woman. No, no. Not that I don't trust the woman, I don't trust the devil. <laughs> you got you to be careful because that brother is slick. And powerful. And he tells, he tells God, God, you think Job is, you think Job, I'm going to go after your all-star player. Watch this. God says in verse uh, 11, verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, Satan, go ahead. You can touch all that he has. It's in your power. I give it to you. Give you authority. Do not lay a hand on his body, his person. And Satan went out from the presence of the Lord God. Now, if you say, why would God do that? I don't know. But just because I don't know, don't make it wrong. Don't think just because you don't know or don't understand means it's wrong. Or because you don't understand and it didn't happen. So your understanding is the, is the standard of right and wrong. How arrogant is that? Well, I don't know how God made the heavens and earth, so it must be evolution. That's so stupid. That's like going and saying, um, 
I don't know how uh, aspirin works, so it doesn't work. Well, when you go to the airport and you give the, the guy your bag and you're in San Diego and you fly to New York and your bag comes out, this hole in the wall in New York. I mean, for real, right? It's a hole in the wall. It's a little belt. And, hey, that's my bag. I gave it to the lady in San Diego. I don't know how it got there, so that must be wrong. It didn't happen because you don't understand. How arrogant is that? I don't understand why God does what he does and how he does it. I just know this. God is always right. That's what I know. He always works out. How many of you have ever been through something where it was hell when you were in it? But now looking back, it's like, oh, man, thank you. Huh. Verse 13. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And the messenger came to Job and said, the ox were plowing, the donkeys were feeding, and the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed all the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking... Another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away and killed all the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, your sons and daughters were eating drink and wine in the oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are all dead. And I'm the only one left. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you're going through. And I'm here to tell you it's small. But I am here to tell you that is big. The devil is so smart and strategic. You want another de a definition for the devil? Strategic evil. Evil is not just something bad out there. It thinks. And for all of us who've been addicted to drugs, I was addicted to cocaine, did marijuana for eight years, drugs will call your name. Drugs will get you out of your bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Have you get in your car in your pajamas. Drive across town with money on their seat to go buy drugs. That's evil. It's intelligent. And here's Job sitting in his house, minding his business. His kids over here, his camels, his ox, and his, and his sheep. And servants taking care of all that stuff. And the devil destroys it all in a minute. Except one person in each area. And that person is not only alive, but is running to tell Job the news. Job, Job, Job. The Sabaeans came in the oxen. And while he is talking, another one runs in. Job, Job, Job. The fire came and killed all the sheep. While he is still talking... Another one runs, Job, 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 the Chaldeans came and killed the camels while he is still talking. Job, 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 your kids are dead. Job's like, what, 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 what? What does Job do? And then Job, the devil's got the robe of God's, the edge of God's robe. Not really, but he's saying, God, watch him curse you. I threw everything I had at him. Watch this. He's going to curse you to your face. Right now, the devil's tugging on God's robe, saying that about you. Look at what they did last night, God. Watch what they do when they leave here. Watch how they talk about the past of the church or their problems or you when they leave here. Just listen to them. They're no different than the heathen out there. Watch. All day and night. Complaining. 
complaining, complaining, because you ain't doing what they want. That, that's, that, if that's you, that's up to you. Or you could do what Job did. Worship. It's awesome. Look what it says. He says, verse 20, Job rose up, tore his robe, shaved his head out of mourning, fell on the ground, and he worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in this, Job did not sin or blame God for wrong. Let me tell you something. Amen. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't want to know. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you tell me, that's fine. But I, it's not my business. Uh, God's not wrong. God's not wrong. And just because you don't understand all he's doing does not invalidate his righteousness. Several years ago, I was at Liberty University. Jerry Falwell started Liberty University. He passed away. And I was staying in this house that they had the guest stay, which happens to be the same building his office is in. And right outside is where he is buried. And right where he's buried, there's these plaques on the wall, like five or six plaques with, with his sayings. And when I was there, I was going through something very, very hard. I mean, I was burned. And there's a plaque right by his grave. And when I read this plaque, I broke down and cried. And here's the ironic thing about it. I was going through something so hard, but standing here right now, I can't even remember what it was. Can't remember what it was. I just knew it was hard. I knew it was the end of my life. <laughs> here's what it said. A man, and, and, I, and I, this may not be the exact wording, but you get the, you'll get the point. A man is measured by what it takes to discourage him. A man is measured by what it takes to discourage I read that and I just broke down. And God said, how strong are you? How strong do you want to be? And right now, there's some of y'all need to make a decision. Are you going to prove the devil right or are you going to prove the devil wrong? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask the pastoral support team to come up on all the campuses. Ask the worship team to come out. And here's how we're going to end the service. We've still got about six, seven minutes to go. So I'm going to pray for you and we're going to sing a song. And when we sing the song, I want all the Job's. To come down and worship. We're all going to worship. But come down and worship and then after the worship we're going to pray for you. But I want the people saying, you know, like Job, Lord, I'm going through all this. But you know what? I'm going to do like Job. I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to blame man. I'm going to worship God. Because God is doing something in my life that's above, above my capacity to understand right now. And I'm just going to trust him. Period. Period. So right now I'm going to ask all you to ask the pastoral support team to come on out. Ask the pastoral support team in the campuses, worship team to come out. And I'm going to ask everybody else to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, we will give you all worship and praise.
in good times and bad times. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for everybody listening. I thank you for all the Job's that are struggling right now. Whether they should curse you or praise you. But we know that Job praised God. And never blamed God. If you are a Job today, we want to pray for you. Lord, I pray you encourage my brothers and sisters to trust you. To hold on tight. Prove the devil wrong. Prove God righteous and faithful. If you are a Job, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I trust you. Dear God, the burden is heavy. It hurts. I'm discouraged. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. But I trust you. You are faithful. You are loving. You are powerful. You are patient. You are kind. You are present. And you are almighty. Righteous. And you are my friend. You are my friend. I surrender my burden to you. I take you by the hand and I trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask all of you just to stand. We're not leaving yet. Just stand to your feet. We're going to sing a chorus. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you, grab whoever you're with, come out of your seat, come down to the altar. And again, we'll dismiss you in about five minutes. Just come on down. We're going to sing. And we want to shout it out. I want to praise it out. Amen. I call you answer and you came to my rescue and I want to be
want you to come out. I want you to walk away from your old life. Some of you need prayer for healing. Some of you need prayer for salvation. I want you to come out of your seat as we sing this one more time. And then after that, we'll pray you out. Amen. Uh, look the devil in the eye and say, you're not going to win in my life. You're not going to win in my life. Amen. I call. I call. Come on, hands lifted. You answered. And you came to my you came to my rescue and I, I wanna be where